0: In the grim darkness of the 41st millennium, there is only war. So begins every written work of Warhammer 40,000. So too begins this program. Warhammer 40,000 is a science fantasy setting made by Games Workshop for what is arguably the most popular tabletop game available on the market, second only to Dungeons & Dragons. It is also a complicated mess of a topic to explain to someone who doesn't know what it is. And yet, here we are. Before we dive too far deep into the murk, I should explain that Warhammer 40,000 began as a science fiction spin-off for what was once upon a time its fantasy counterpart simply named Warhammer. There are more than a few similarities between the two settings, but Games Workshop has made a firm stance that the two universes are separate, despite how far the authors like to skirt the line between them. I say Warhammer Fantasy was once the counterpart to Warhammer 40,000, or 40k for short, because at some point the writing team behind the former decided to kill the very grounded yet fantastical setting in favor of a new universe labeled Age of Sigmar which I can best describe as heavily inspired by Marvel students. I bring this up to clear of any confusion in case someone decides to look this up and wonders why there aren't any models or rules available for the quote-unquote Warhammer fantasy. There is also a football setting, but I digress. At the end of the day, Warhammer 40,000 is a tabletop war game and battle simulator featuring fictitious armies using plastic models, dice, and roles from a variety of books. But Warhammer 40,000 has also covered many other forms of media, including books, comics, and video games. One good starting point for Warhammer 40,000 is one of its most important and central figureheads, the God Emperor of Mankind. He has led humanity to greatness among the stars, he has held the line against countless horrors which would consume mankind, he's also a terrible father. The latter fact led to one of the most important conflicts of the setting, a civil war which led half of his eighteen warlord sons to betraying him, four of those eighteen dying, six of them turning into demon lords, and the remaining sons either missing in action or comatose. Also the Emperor was put in a magic life support that doubles as a beacon which lets mankind navigate the universe. One thing to note about space travel is that faster than light travel is only capable via literally traveling through hell, called the warp in this setting, which 9 out of 10 times leads to an Event Horizon-esque situation, and were it not for the Emperor's magical iron lung lighthouse as a fixed point from which to navigate, those numbers would bump up to a 10 out of 10, but you can't have hell without the devil. And while most fictitious settings have a looming, devil-like figure, Warhammer 40,000 has four. They are the ruinous powers of the material plane, and are collectively referred to as the Chaos Gods. Khorne, who is obsessed with rage, violence, skulls, and blood. Zeench, who is a scheming trickster, allegedly planning out every event that has ever happened or ever will happen. Nurgle plague-ridden and obsessed with despair and stagnation. and Slanesh, youngest of the four chaos gods, Dark Lord of excess and depravity. They are an ever-present threat, looking to corrupt and destroy all that is good in 40k, however little there may be. With this, allow me to introduce the various factions that populate this world. The Imperium is the interstellar empire of mankind, general protagonist faction, and also an authoritarian, theocratic hellscape, which in turn is the best mankind is capable of in the Warhammer 40,000 setting. Under the Imperium, entire planets are repurposed for some form of mass production. Agri-worlds for food, forge-worlds for industry, and hive-worlds young men and women to be drafted into the Imperial Guard, a Starship Troopers-esque army consisting of countless billions coming from every conceivable walk of life. At the center of the Imperium is a religion based around the Emperor, and while there may be many interpretations of him, there are no other gods beside him in this religion. Suggest so otherwise, and you may find yourself meeting with the Inquisition. Because of the corrupting nature of the Chaos Gods and the warp, and the scheming nature of almost every alien in the setting, the Inquisition keeps a watchful eye to see where any cracks in the Imperium may be exploited by their enemies. While their job is necessary, the Inquisition often dances the line between being morally grey and outright villainous. Though their authority is absolute, they are a self-policing organization who are challenged only by the Adeptus Astartes. Or the Space Marines. Let's run this back to the Emperor and his warlord sons that we mentioned earlier. You see, the Emperor's sons, who are called the Primarchs, were less naturally made and more of test-tube babies, made from the DNA of the Emperor himself. And after they were made, they had test-tube babies of their own. These are what would become known as the Space Marines. They are gothic warrior monks wearing power armor in space, and are the poster children for Warhammer 40,000 as a whole. The general idea is that a space marine is the forced evolution of a human into the perfect killing machine by means of science and sorcery. Such is this evolution that they have, among other things, three lungs, two hearts, and an emergency brain that activates if the first brain is destroyed. But the most important of their new organs is what is known as the Gene Seed. You see, space marines are grown from children. A group of children are selected from the best of the best of their respective worlds, and put through life-or-death trials. Survivors are then given the opportunity to become one of the demigods that they've only heard stories of. By having the Gene Seed implanted into them, they begin the physically, mentally, and spiritually exhausting as well as time-consuming process that will end with either a dead child or that child being turned into one of the Emperor's Angels of Death. Some of you may ask, why would they put children through such a terrible process? Well the 40k universe is vast and full of horrors, so I feel it's appropriate to talk about the reason Space Marines were made in the first place. When mankind first made contact with alien life, It was not friendly. Enter the orcs. That's orcs spelled with a K. Some listeners may have some mental image of what an orc might be, but allow me to describe them. Imagine a species of green-skinned gorillas, with guns and spaceships and then base their entire culture around fighting, where physical strength is the only persuading force. Add in a bizarre life cycle. And latent psychic power and you have the Orcs. When man first met Orc, there was no desire to see what they were or where they came from. The Orcs only wanted to see how good they were in a fight. So the Orcs fought and slaughtered their way across the galaxy to the doorstep of Earth, before unknowably powerful weapons of war and tech wizardry pushed them to the other side of reality. This encounter was the inspiration the creation of space marines, so that mankind would have something to match the orcs' strength and tenacity. While the lesson the orcs learned was that humans could offer a really good fight. You see, to an orc, the fight is all there is. Their entire world revolves around the fight. Their money is teeth pulled from the victims they have overpowered. Their gods are a set of orcs who have never lost a fight. Even the way they are born comes from fighting. When an orc dies, they release spores that scatter into the environment and grow into yet more orcs. For this reason, when an orc invasion comes to a planet, even if they are decisively beaten back, they will never truly be removed. The only proven way to prevent this is through use of fire or biological warfare. Next we shall discuss the Eldar, or Eldari. These are space elves who once ruled across the stars, but grew so hedonistic that they birthed the chaos god Slaanesh into existence, resulting in the destruction of their homeworld and roughly 90% of their species. The remaining Eldar find themselves divided into the following. The prophecy-obsessed craftworlders, the sadistic Drukari, the enigmatic Harlequins, the death cult Yanari, and the isolationist Exodites. When Slanesh came into existence, not only did he destroy the majority of all Eldar life, but he also consumed the very gods they worship, with some exceptions, those being Shegarak, the god of the Harlequins, and Cain, the god of murder, whose only escape from the jaws of Slanesh was by shattering himself and scattering him across the galaxy. However, Inead, the Eldar god of death, stirs, waiting to be born into the world and claim righteous vengeance against Slanesh to free all the souls that has been trapped in its gullet. The Eldar are by and large defined by their pride and their mysterious agendas. As such was the case for their first encounter with mankind, in which they manipulated what they saw was a lesser race, but such was the nature of their deception that it invoked a feeling of disdain from humanity from that point onward. The Eldari often view the Imperium as a lesser version of their empire from their prime, but they were not the only empire to predate mankind when they traveled across the stars. Allow me to talk about the Necrons. As far as races in 40k go, none are as defined by their age as the Necrons, who predate all other species. They are biomechanical conquerors who enslaved and destroyed their own gods. When said deeds were accomplished, they decided that they would rest in planet-sized tombs until all other living creatures would die out. All except for one, their undisputed lord named the Silent King, who would travel in search of a cure for their affliction. For you see, the Necrons weren't always mechanical, they were once flesh and blood, but in the war in heaven which would end in them destroying their own gods, they made a gamble which cost them their souls and their physical form. After countless eons, the Necrons began to wake up in response to both intrusion upon their tomb worlds, but also to the Silent King who began his return back to their own universe. But what could bring back their King from such an important mission that their very souls depend on? One theory is that he ran into the Tyranids They are a massive hive mind of voracious bug-like creatures who go from solar system to solar system, stripping all planets of biological matter or biomass. Tyranids represent the terrible horror of the unknown. No one knows where they came from and no one knows exactly how dangerous they are. They're so unusual in this setting that their very presence is known to disrupt the latent power of the warp. Their very nature combines the visceral fear of being torn to shreds with the horror of Lovecraftian despair. And through the infiltration of gene stealers into populated societies, they may even instill the fear of your own neighbors, as a gene stealer cult may be forming beneath your very feet. The threat of the Tyranids cannot be bargained with, and it cannot be diminished. They are vast and versatile and one of the most horrifying things to come out of the Warhammer 40,000 universe. I hope that this program was enough of a stepping stone to help you get a little insight into one of my favorite settings of any form of fiction. I truly do enjoy the Warhammer 40,000 setting as well as the games that come out of it. I have made a great many friends through this hobby, and can only hope that any who choose to pursue this hobby after listening to my ramblings would be able to have a similar experience to me. Thank you for listening, and have a great rest of your day. oh my god I forgot about the Tao. oh okay okay so they are these uh weird fish communist aliens uh they believe that everyone can get along despite uh evidence to the contrary uh, uh they have laser guns uh they they they, they were they, they they were brought in in the 90s and uh were have on record the creators on record have said that Gundams were a big inspiration to them, so there's a lot of mechas and battle suits. It, 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 there, there's the Tau. Okay, okay, bye.